Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, a writer, entrepreneur, and changemaker, and I've dedicated my life to sharing stories of how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. This podcast highlights some of the great ideas and activities people do every day to make the world a better place. So much of the meaning we find comes from interacting with great people, developing relationships that are mutually beneficial, and doing work that inspires. I hope you'll be inspired by the people you meet on this podcast. We all need to find a way to make meaning in the mundane. Welcome back to the Make Meaning Podcast. Today, I'm sitting with Nikki Little, an integrated communications professional with more than a decade of experience in internal and external communications, as well as social media and public relations. Independent of her work, Nikki publishes a bi-weekly e-newsletter called The Mishcoms Report that features job openings, events, and articles for communications professionals. A blog contributor to Crane's Detroit Business, she serves on the Executive Communications Committee for Impact 100 Oakland County. She is also the proud mother of identical twin boys. Nikki, welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so glad you're here. I know we've been trying to get you for a long time, so thank you for being available. And I'm just so impressed with how you're creating meaning in a lot of ways, um, which is what we focus on here, meaning and purpose. And from everything you've shared with us in your career and your community involvements, it just seems like it's very meaningful and Mm purpose-focused. So I'm not sure where to start, (laughs) but I'd like to begin by talking with you about the Mishcoms report, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because the reason that that speaks to me is that it's a newsletter that you've been producing for a while, right. independently of any of your positions, um, just for the good of the communications world. And I'd love to hear more about how this came to be and why you're so dedicated to doing it. Yes. So this came to be because there was a PR, there is a PR professional in the Minnesota area and he started an organization called um, Help a PR Pro Out, which for those who have been in the industry for a while, probably remember Harrow, which was Help a Reporter Out. So he commissioned these champions across the country. I volunteered to be the champion in the Michigan area. So we put out these newsletters and the content is pretty similar to the Mishcoms report right now. Okay. It didn't differ too much once I rebranded it, but we did that for a few years and then the HAPA organization fizzled, but I had amassed a couple hundred followers and Uh to my knowledge, there was nobody else doing a newsletter similar to what I was doing for communications professionals. So I wanted to keep it going. So I rebranded it to the Mishcoms Report and changed it up a little bit over the years, but I get so much feedback from it and that's what inspires me to keep doing it is when I hear from people that it's one of my must read newsletters and then people tell me that they learn learned about jobs or they learned about job seekers or rock stars who that they may have not known about because it's we have a small community here, but it's yeah. also big and we yeah. don't all know each other. So I like meeting new people through it. And like I said, the more I hear from people that it provides value to them, the more it motivates and inspires me to keep producing it. Yeah, there's great content in it. I love um, the blog posts that you share. And they really, it's content rich for people who are in the industry. I know I've turned to you when I'm hiring right. and it's wonderful to see the job postings appear. And and um, the PR professionals that you that you feature are just really impressive. And so, you know, I'm sure they're getting traction by mm-hmm. that kind of exposure. Right. So what kind of feedback do you hear from people in the industry? 
they're just grateful because, like I said, nobody else is doing something similar to what I'm doing. So I do frequently have people reach out to me if they are looking for a job or if they're transitioning careers. I just had somebody who actually went to school with at CMU. She stayed at home for a few years to raise her kids. And then she just got back in touch with me and was like, I'm getting back into the industry. I've heard about your newsletter. Would you be able to feature me? So um, it's nice when people proactively reach yeah. out to me as yeah. me opposed to opposed to me trying to go out and find people. But like I said, to me, as long as I know it's providing some sort of value, it's worth the couple hours of every couple weeks that yeah. it takes for me to put it together. It's really, it's a great value and I'm so glad that you do it. And it, it positions you as a leader in the industry, um, really just sort of keeping your finger on the pulse, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sort of seeing what's going on, um, which which is, must be useful for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And I appreciate people like you who send me job openings. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, you said earlier that, and I can relate to this a lot, that you used to be the person who got involved in everything. <sighs> yes. um, and then since having your twins, you decided, I need to learn to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because my grandmother used to say, you know, you do too much. And I'd be like, oh, grandma, you know, but right. she was always right. <laughs> and and there's such a value in, in deciding what you have time for and, and what you don't, even if it's a worthy cause. Um, how do you choose what things to be involved in and what things to pass on? Mm-hmm. Like, especially doing the Mishcoms report every two weeks, you know, there's a lot. So how do you decide what is worth saying yes to? So I thrive on purpose and impact. So if what I am doing is has some sort of purpose, some sort of meaning, or make some type of impact, then that's kind of my threshold for decision-making. If it fills my cup in some way, or if it's something that is benefiting my career or my family or just me personally, sure. that's how I make those decisions. So yes, I used to be that person that said yes to everything. And honestly, looking back, I'm really glad that I did because that's how I've met so many people sure. in the industry, in the Metro Detroit community that led me to job opportunities, that led me to speaking opportunities that just led me to helping to develop my career and friendships that I've had for 10 plus years. So I'm so happy that I did that, but I'm also very happy that I recognized when I needed to stop that strategy and kind of flip it to, like I said, making sure that I am doing the work that I need to do for my job, but also being there for my family too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as a parent of four teenagers, I see more and more, the older they get, the more they need you around. Yes. And so um, you want to thrive in your career, but those years are fleeting with your family. Right. And so you want to make sure you're present and that they're your focus. Right. You know? Yes. Um, it's funny because my, my teenagers now, if I'm, you know, if they're, they need my attention um, and I'll be multitasking and they're like, I'll wait. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to type anymore. Right. I'm putting the phone down. You have my attention. And mm-hmm. there's something really important about that for yes. sure. Um, so, you know, um, I'd love to talk a little bit about your volunteer work, which is really inspiring. Um, So I know that you used to volunteer in the NICU, Mm -hmm. and um, I know you're involved in Impact 100 Oakland County. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about both of those involvements? Yes. So I had kind of um, a difficult pregnancy with identical twin boys, so there are a lot of risk for complications, and unfortunately, I had one of those. So that led me to being in the hospital at 28 weeks, delivering them at 33 weeks, and fortunately, they were very healthy because of the time that I spent there. So they only were in the NICU for 13 days, but I was at Royal Oak Boma and I I cannot say enough about the nursing staff there, the nurses in the NICU. They took such good care of me and the boys. So I kind of decided in the hospital that however I can give back, I wanted to do that. So when I learned about the parenting program, then I became involved and I did a couple years of different types of volunteering in the NICU, calling moms like myself who had been discharged, who 
just needed somebody to follow up with them and make sure that they yeah. were okay and make sure that they knew about the different parenting programs that Beaumont offered. So That's I did that amazing. for a few years. Yes. And I loved it so much, but then my schedule got a little crazier and it was yeah. one of those things where I felt like I couldn't be there as often as I wanted to. So now, you know, I'll do different things like for the boy's birthday two years ago, instead of um, getting a lot of presents, we asked people to make donations to the NICU. Oh, that's great. And then we went back and then we brought the donations so they got to see where they were born and they got to see the NICU. So, That is so special. Yes. So it was very, it's very rewarding. And then I want to continue to give in other ways to the NICU as well. Yes. And then Impact 100, Oakland County, um, it is an organization that is for women in Oakland County. And then we primarily serve nonprofits in the Oakland County area. So the donations from the members, so it's $1,000 to participate, but 100% of those donations go back to nonprofits that serve Oakland County. Um, So the first year we started off with 100 members. Uh This past year we had 306 members. So it was just two weeks ago that we gave out three $102,000 grants. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So when we say high impact, that's what we mean, right? Because a $10,000 donation is nice, but when you can give $100,000, truly that impact can be greater in the community. That is so cool. Yes. So I've been on the executive communications because obviously aligns with the work (laughs) that I do, but it's a great group and I've really enjoyed being involved in it. And so if anybody wants to learn more about it, go to to impact100oaklandcounty.org. Awesome. I will definitely check that out. That's really cool. Um, So before we talk about some specifics of your career, I wanted to sort of segue into talking about PR in general. And we talked a little bit, um, you know, off the air about how I back-ended into PR from journalism. Um, But I always had this belief, even from my first days in PR, that um, everyone needs it. Not everyone can or should pay a fortune for it. And um, so even when I haven't been able to serve somebody who needs it or an organization, I, I love to just at least coach a little bit or do some like DIY seminars so that people have some tools and they can they can get out there. But I was thinking, um, you know, what I find a lot is that people will say, I know I need it, but I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if you could share with our listeners a little bit about, you know, like what is PR and why mm-hmm. is this something that people need to be aware of? Mm-hmm. I would say at its essence, it's reputation management and brand building. But the lines between PR and social media and advertising and marketing are so blurred nowadays, right? So when I got into the business in 2007, Twitter just launched and that social media was not a thing. And I remember I spent my first couple of years trying to not only educate myself, but educate clients, educate my agency about why it's important and why I believed social Social media would have such a profound impact on public relations moving forward, which it has. For sure. So, you know, you still have your core elements of working with media to tell your client's story. But now, again, due to social media, due to blogs, due to other digital platforms, I mean, we can help help companies tell the stories themselves as well. So there's 100% still a place for those third-party partners, but it's, um, like I said, it's kind of at its essence, depending on which channel it's through, but it's telling your story and getting it out to the right people who matter to your business or your organization. It's a lot of strategy. It's a lot of finding the right words Mm -hmm. and sort of defining your story. Um, And I I think one of the things that we love to do, I'm sure you do as well, is really guide clients in, you know, well, what are the stories you're telling or that you don't realize 
you're telling. Mm-hmm. And so let's try to align everybody and let's get, um, you know, everyone on the same page so that you have the consistent language right. and um, consistent anecdotes and it's not sort of spiraling out of your control. Right. Um, so it's just about being mindful, I think, really, and, yes. and purposeful in what you're saying, when, where, all of that. So. Yes. And helping them uncover those stories that they may not think are stories and that right. they may not realize are something that would be a great story for a media outlet or would be a great story for an email newsletter or a blog or social channel. So it's helping to ask the right questions to uncover those stories that they're not thinking about themselves as something that anybody else would care about. Right. Bringing that objective perspective from the outside and say, this is actually really cool. Did you realize that? Right. Also, it's bringing that objective perspective and say, that's really not a story. Yes, that too. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're really excited about it, but nobody else is going to be. I'm really sorry. Yes. I hate to be that person. Sometimes you have to be, (laughs) you know? Right. So, um, um, so you've mentioned that Oprah and Brene Brown are two people you admire. Yes. Um, and so you said that Brene Brown has taught you about, um, quoting here, the power of vulnerability, courage, and empathy. Yes. And how you apply those traits in a leadership role and in your work. I'd love to hear more about that. Yes. So anybody who is in a management or leadership role or aspires to be in one should start reading Brene's Brown books. And I recently finished her Daring to Lead book. Okay. And it was just so insightful. And again, talking about those traits of empathy and vulnerability and courage that you wouldn't naturally think would apply to leadership and management, but it really does. And she said so many things in that book that really opened my eyes to understanding how to manage people, how to be a leader, how to inspire, and not through fear or not by getting people to think that you're the one in charge and they have to listen to you, but truly by connecting with people. And when you understand how somebody is wired internally, you can better manage them, motivate them, and inspire them to do good work. And one thing that I really liked from the Daring to Lead book is that Brene lists out a bunch of values. Mm -hmm. And she says, you have to choose two. You're limited to two. Okay. But those are your two core values. And when you know what your two core values are, you can build everything else around that. I was so curious about that when I was reading that in your pre-interview. And I want to understand how how you'd play that out. So when I was thinking, only two, I'm limited to two. I, I don't even know where to start. So like, give me an example. How would that play out for someone? So, okay, for me personally, my values are gratitude and well-being. Okay. So I try to find, and I started this about four years ago where I had a gratitude journal. Okay. I don't write it in in it every day, but I just finished my first one. And looking back at it, thank you. It's been such a great journey because even on my toughest days, I've tried to find at least one thing that Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for. Okay. And I can go back and look at my journey throughout the past four years. And again, it helps to turn a negative situation into positive. So as soon as I saw gratitude on that list, I was like, okay, that's it. Because I have had a lot of challenging times in the past 10 years and with my pregnancy and with my post-pregnancy, as I'm sure everybody else has. But again, when you can kind of flip the perspective and take something that's very difficult or very challenging and try to find a nugget of goodness in Mm -hmm. it, it really helps to shift your mindset. Absolutely. And then with well-being, it's important. Self-care is very important to me, especially since after having kids. So do I do everything the way I used to before kids? No. (laughs) But that was one of my things where I was like, I can't lose myself because if I lose myself, then I'm not a good wife and I'm not a good mother and I'm not a good person. So that's very important to me and that I've kind of taught everybody who I work with, you know, I'm not going to be that one that's in the office every day till seven o'clock, but you can rest assured that I'm available Mm -hmm. if I'm not here and I'll be back online doing what I need to do if I have to once my kids go to bed. But if I'm 
I am in the office for 12 plus hours, I won't see my kids. I won't work out. I won't see my husband. Right. I won't eat a good dinner. Right. And then that's not well-being. Interesting. All right. I'm going to give this some thought. I may email you later and yes. say, what do you think about this? But I love this challenge. And I think it's important for anybody to sort of define those parameters for themselves. Right. So that's really interesting and to be effective. And right. And now with the team members that I'm managing, mm-hmm. I've asked them to do the same thing and go through that list and identify their two core values. So again, so I can understand how they are wired. And sure. then when they're having challenging situations at work, I know better how to help them and support them. That's great. That sounds wonderful. So um, we've danced around it, but I want to hear a lot about your career journey. Yes. And so I know that you um, you started out at Franco. Yes. And now you're back there. Yes. And you've had different st- stops along the way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, take me through your your journey in PR and, and tell me, you know, how has your perspective on your work changed or developed or evolved over time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually haven't had too many jobs. I graduated at the end of 2006. I got okay. very lucky. I got a job right out of college. College, spent three years at Franco. And again, that was at the beginning where I know I didn't learn anything about social media in school. Right. It was not a thing. Yeah. So I was very much self-taught. That was part of the era of the raise my hand, say yes to everything, sure. be part of every organization, be part of every conference, every event. And that was how I learned. Okay. So I spent three years there and then um, I moved over to Identity, which uh-huh. is another PR agency. But uh-huh. at that time they were building a social media team okay. and I was really interested in being part of that. So when I came in, it was me and one other person. And by the time I left, I was there for almost eight years and I was the director of the social media team when I left there. Yes. And I'd kind of gotten to that point where all I had done was agency and I even my internship in college was agency. So I was just itching to try something different. Yeah. And just experience something new. So I ended up going to a startup Uh that had only been in business for a little over two years. And that was such a great experience because I got to kind of get out of just that social media world and own everything on the communication spectrum. So everything internal, external, they had no communications team or department before I got there. So I was the first. I brought two two people on to support me Uh as the team grew. And it was such a great experience to be so closely aligned with marketing And with sales and with the executives. And it was really my job to help bring everything together Uh because they were operating in silos. But such is the life of a startup, right? When you're growing quickly and you're focused on servicing your clients, you're not doing the work that you need to be internally as you're growing. So, so yeah, I spent almost two years there. And then it was truly one of those just stars-aligned opportunities (laughs) where um, Tina Kozak, the president at Franco, we had been friends since I left there. And we had said, if we ever have the chance to work together again, we want to. And she had something that she felt like could be a fit for me. And we started talking and I said, it was one of those just couldn't pass it up opportunities. And so what are you doing now in your new role? So I am Franco's director of strategy. And so I serve in a strategic role for a couple of our accounts. Mm -hmm. But then I also focus on strategy for the agency from a marketing perspective. And then for our team in talent development and then business development as well. So um, we have experts who are in the social and digital space. We have experts who are more on the marketing, kind of traditional PR side. And for the accounts that I'm on, my Mm -hmm. sole job is the integration piece. And to make sure that, again, we're not operating in silos. Anything we're doing on the PR marketing front is aligned with what we're doing on the social and digital front. And then, again, kind of taking that strategic focus and making sure that we're building the agency to be a place where people want to work, where people can have a great career, and that we're bringing in the right type of 
clients because Franco's been in business. This is our 55th year. Oh so, my gosh, that's yes, great. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so we're fortunate to where we don't just have to take anything. So sure. I'm really helping to kind of put that lens on any new business that comes in the door and making sure, is it a fit? for us just as much as are we a fit for them. It's such a powerful place to be when you can um, purposefully decide the types of clients you want to work with. And um, if it's not a fit, you know, you can be gracious about it and just refer them elsewhere or, you know, but don't get yourself into a corner where a lot of new companies do. Mm -hmm. They'll just take whatever comes their way and it may not be a fit and then you may not succeed. And so it's great to know your strengths and be able to to pick and choose that way. Well, um, I wanted to ask you, since our listeners tune in to hear about how to make meaning in your work and find purpose in your life, um, what advice you might have for them about that pursuit and how how do you find that? It seems like a big question. Yes. I would say, like I was talking about earlier, is defining your values and then figuring out what fills your cup. Sure. And again, and knowing what I thrive on, right? Yeah. So what motivates me, what inspires me might be different than what motivates and inspires other people. But you have to truly know who you are mm-hmm. in order to be able to say yes to the right things and then say no to the right things. So sure. it's not going to be perfect every time, right? I mean, yeah. we're going to have to do things that we don't love doing or enjoy doing, but as often as possible, if you can build your life around your values, then that's what's going to make you happy and it's going to make you successful because you're going to enjoy what you're doing. I love that. I think that we can definitely end on that and um, wish our listeners good luck in their pursuit of defining those values. And I'm sure we will put things um, in the show notes so that we can guide people in in finding that. But um, Nikki Little, thank you so much for being on the Make Meaning podcast. It's a great pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast with Lynn Galadner. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'd love it if you would share our great conversations with your people so we can all add meaning wherever we go and whatever we do.